Welcome back to the pod, everybody. Welcome back to Preacher's Hour. It's your boy, Jeff Copeland. John Drodos. Here with John Drodos. Reverend. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Inside I, joke. I did not call you Reverend. <laughs> I still got to go back and listen to it to see if you did, but I don't think you did. But anyway, I uh, hope you guys are doing well. This is our May episode. Um, shout out to you, Kim Brown, <laughs> for motivating us to do this, holding us accountable. Um, we should be able to, like, after this, like, speed it up, you know, add a little bit more episodes because, um, you know, our seminary just ended. This semester just ended, um, which was cool. I mean, kind. I still got to finish. I was going to say, <laughs> you're not done yet. I'm done. Like, I'm done, but I got one more assignment I got to hurry up and do and then, yeah. and then be done with that. And then 19 more school days remaining. And, yes, I know how many I was going to say, you know the exact mm-hmm. 19. 19 more days. Um, and then, uh, yeah. We'll be on summer break and we'll be able to kind of ramp this thing up. Yeah. Hope you guys have been well since the last time you heard from us. Thank you for listening and supporting. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, man, I think it's been really good. I think last time I checked, we were like over 60. Oh, that's good. On each one, which is cool. So um, I hate saying like, we got a good one for you today. I, I always think we have a good one for you today. It might not be. I don't know. It might be awful and it terrible. It might be terrible. And you can tell us mm-hmm. that too. Yes. And we've had a little bit of feedback, but we would love you guys to just yeah. be like, yo, I like this, like that. Shout out to you guys who do like reach out, like David, uh, your your brother in law David. We got too oh, many David. He reached out to you. No, he texted oh, you. Oh yeah, one time. I that forgot. Really Look cool. at that, I forgot. Um, my wife, our wives have been cool with it. Like I appreciate that because our wives are hard to impress, guys. I'm telling you right now. Um, <laughs> and I know they're listening right now. So, shout out to you, Selena Copeland. You wanted to shout out? There it is. Um, okay. <laughs> So our episode today, uh, I think it's a really important topic. It's something that I've been kind of like indirectly thinking about for a while. And so I'm glad we're going to be able to like kind of formalize it and like make it more like alive. Yeah. Um, And a lot of it, honestly, like I'm going to be processing it like out loud. So in the moment, I haven't like fully got this all processed. So if I say something like dumb or, or wrong or offensive, please forgive me in advance. Yeah. So there may be some correction coming Absolutely. on later on. So continue to listen to yes. the episodes mm-hmm. going forward. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, we are talking about, as you will be able to tell from the title of the episode, uh, Christian maturity, spiritual maturity, maturity. Um. So, I mean, John, initial thoughts on just even the title when you hear that. What comes to your mind, bro? Christian maturity. Mm-hmm. I think it kind of kind of comes to mind. I think like at least in a church context, most people when they hear that, it's like, all right, someone who reads their Bible an hour a day and is faithful. <laughs> someone who is praying yeah, for hours. Every Sunday. Someone, yeah. Like, and I'm, Wednesday. I'm at midweek. I'm <laughs> yeah. at the Sunday night. I'm at the other place serving and stuff. And now again, I can say those are, as we'll talk about, there's mm-hmm. aspects that are kind of intertwined with that. Um, But I definitely think that one of the first things that kind of come to mind to kind of kick us off is like spiritual or Christian maturity um, is definitely almost directly connected with actually sometimes like our own maturity Mm -hmm. aside from that. Yeah, like being a mature adult. Yeah, I don't think you can separate that. Like, and we were talking about this before we hit record, like. In Paul's day, like in the in the Bible times, like the Jews, you were an adult at 14, right? 
they obviously didn't live as long until they would die in their 40s. If you got past that, like, good for you. So they didn't have the issue of, like, oh, you're 40 and you're living in your mom's basement mm-hmm. playing video games, you know, eating. Uh, Drinking know. your monsters. Yeah, rock eating stars, pizza bagels or whatever. Making like, that money off of. Uh, <laughs> Twitch <no> streaming. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. But, like, they didn't have to really tell people, hey, you're really immature. Like, I mean, it was. It, I'm sure it was still an issue. Um, you could even look at the disciples and they, you could see some areas where they're immature. Yeah, yeah. But like we today, I think there's a lot of like immature like people. Like you're immature with your money and your finances. Mm-hmm. You're immature at your job. You're immature in your relationships. You keep making the same dumb mistakes, dating the same dumb people. Immature with your physical health. Mm-hmm. Immature I with mean, your mental yeah, health. That's your real, emotional bro. state, your social sort mm-hmm. of settings, your relationships. Yeah, I mean, man. It goes even further. Yeah, so, like, you can't, it doesn't make sense to, like, oh, we're going to make sure you're spiritually mature, but you're immature everywhere else in your life. Yeah, and I think that's the first thing, like, we can kind of even, like, talk a little bit, too, Mm -hmm. is, like, I think, um, and actually, there's a book that I'll kind of mentioned all throughout this podcast. I can't wait to read it. I'm going to throw it up there. It's called Emotionally Healthy Spirituality by Pete and Say's Last Cazero. Thank you, because I will mess it up every time. Um, the Twitch is in my, uh, or no. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's in my, in my, uh, language. Sorry guys. Mm-hmm. Um, but one of the things he kind of like even addresses within that book, um, is kind of how, uh, we have, and I just went blank off actually what I was about to say a second mm-hmm. ago. Mm-hmm. Um, it'll come back. We'll come back. Hey, we're not in no hurry actually to even no. say anything. What <laughs> <laughs> do you, what'd you say a second ago though? I'm just trying to remember now the thoughts coming back to me. I mean, separating are you talking about like being integrated in our lives, like not yes. being di- like compartmentalized yes. or, or like, Oh, that's exactly yeah. what I was going to say. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Jeff. And gotcha. sorry for those who just now sat there with me for the last <laughs> second in awkwardness in your car. Wherever you need you're to at be unhurried right lives now. anyway. Why are you there so you hurried? Go. Hey, this is a one shot kind of thing, by the way, we don't like have a bunch of snippets and <laughs> nah. we have all these breaks and stuff. I mean, nah. I could edit it out, but I just don't feel yeah, like it. So you, you'll going, hear it. Y'all going so to have to cool. ride with it. Um, within the church, we've often made this kind of like distinction between like, okay, like what, someone what the definition of someone who is spiritually mature again it kind of goes back to even though i was joking at the very mm-hmm. beginning is someone who kind of knows their bible who shows up to whatever the programming that mm-hmm. the church um, has to offer and at least to the appearance of other people has somewhat of a prayer life right mm-hmm. and then all of those other other areas that kind of like are intertwined with that um are kind of just like pushed away mm-hmm. of like Oh yeah, they have a bad attitude. Yeah, it's no, it's no, it's not a, yeah. no, no issue. You know, as long as they've been reading their Bible long That's enough. Good, bro. Um, you know, do they have like a long track history history of doing some shady stuff? Mm. And we're like, no, we don't need to address that because they always faithfully show up to mm. our Wednesday. They don't gathering. keep their word though. Do they? You, you know yeah. what I mean? And we kind of just mm. like have oftentimes ignored that component for the sake like of what seems as like spiritual quote unquote things. Like character. Yeah. Because, I, I mean, everything you listed are all, like, things that we do and can measure. And we're like, you're mature because we can look at the things that you are doing and measure them. You sit in church every week for this many hours. You read your Bible for this many hours. You pray for these many hours. Like, you're great. Yeah. And it's like, but what kind of person are you? Like, how's your heart? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, yeah. And, and we... Like you said, man, I mean, church, you, you get running, you get going, and you're trying to, like, serve as many people as you can, meet the needs of as many people as you can. And so it's hard to slow down and, like, really address, 
hey, you're kind of a jerk, even though you're here all the time and yeah. you're reading your Bible. You're not a nice person. Like, what's up with that? You have an anger issue. Mm-hmm. Um, you're really bad with money. Yeah. <laughs> like, what's going on here? Like, hey, this is like your fifth boyfriend or girlfriend. Like, what? come on, man. Like, and you keep dating the same kind of person. You keep yeah. making the same mistakes. You, you know, you drink too much or you do this or you do that. Like, yeah, you're not taking care of yourself. Like, we got to, like, really take into account the whole person. I know, like... Pete Cazero and um, his uh, understudy, uh, Rich Velotis, mm-hmm. talks a lot about integration. Yeah. So, like, we, as you were saying, we live separated or disintegrated lives. Disintegrate. We disintegrate. Mm-hmm. Think about something. You put a piece of paper in water, it'll eventually, like, spread out and disintegrate. It won't yeah. be integrated anymore. It won't be together. So, we take, like, our church self and we separate it from our work mm-hmm. self. And we separate that from our home self. Mm-hmm. Separate that from hanging out with the boys or with our significant others. Yeah. Like, and all of those should be the same person. They really should, because mm. they all make up who you are. Yeah, like you should be the same person you are everywhere. Yeah, and you I would say be for, for granted, we definitely like have numerous roles mm-hmm. in which we Absolutely. do feel within our life. Like you, example, mm-hmm. you're a teacher from these times hours on right. these certain days and so forth, your father, your husband, mm-hmm. um, your pastor, like all these different things yeah. you kind of feel, but at the same time, your underlining character should say. be the exact mm-hmm. same thing, whether Jeff is in his teaching role and his husband role or mm-hmm. whatever else. Yeah. That's the one thing that should be consistent is my character. Like I'm not going to speak the same to my students that I do to my friends or my wife or whatever. But like, as far as how I treat people, how I view people, how I view myself, that should be the same across the board. Yeah. And I you think what, what we want to communicate during this, and this now, here's your uh, synopsis, or here's your, uh, what's the thing? I'm getting old. <laughs> John just, to... by the way, guys, John just had his birthday on yes. May 7th. Yes. And uh, he's 27 physically. Mentally, he's about 49. Yes. The- 17th time i heard this joke this past two weeks thank you jeff Come nobody on. at church knew how old you were bro they, they sure think didn't. you're so much i heard older. so many comments after so now you know guys there you go okay. john is only 27 no more uh secrets coming out the bag anymore okay um so but one of the things you'll kind of uh spark notes there we go see that the, the spark notes that we have going on mm-hmm. um of overall where we're going with this is that again like we, when we talk about Christian maturity mm-hmm. or spiritual maturity, we're talking about the whole being of an individual, a whole person's life. Because as we look at, and as we'll continue to look at throughout the rest of this podcast, Jesus didn't simply just come to say, all right, guys, let me, you know, punch your ticket to heaven and mm. here you go, like goodbye kind of thing. And he descended and he like flew up in the air. Yeah. You guys can see my hands right now. I did a little fairy <laughs> hands going up <laughs> in the air. Um but he actually desired to come to truly bring true and whole life transformation. Mm. And that's what we often, and I think um, where the Christian, or specifically the Western mm-hmm. church, I'll more so say that, has kind of emphasized one area, which is, I think, out of good intent. However, through emphasizing one area has kind of left behind others. Mm. So again, Christian maturity we're talking about is full life transformation. So let's back up, though, Jeff. Yeah. I was just let's, about to say... So you kind of you kind of segued into it a little bit. So our first question, which you can see in the notes of our of our episode, is like, what is the goal of the Christian life? And you kind of alluded to. I feel like if you asked most people, the goal is like to get to heaven. 
to get into heaven. I mean, I've, I've heard make it, it to heaven. Hear it every week, mm-hmm. multiple times. Yeah. I mean, everything I listen to, every like, uh, I just started listening to uh, David Platt just dropped a book. Mm-hmm. Uh, he talked about it on Kerry Newhouse podcast, which was a great interview. Um, it's called Don't Hold Back. Yep. And it's really good. I'm like on chapter two. I'm listening to the audio book, which he reads, which I love. And uh, he even said, like, you know, we got people in our churches that, like, they're going to make it to heaven. And I'm like, I mean, that's not not important. Mm-hmm. But to say that that's the goal. Like, you're right. Like, if that was the goal, if the goal was to get to heaven, like the moment we got saved, they'd be like, all right, man, come on. Like, we would just be up out of here. Why keep us here? You know. Like even Jesus, like he he lives, he dies, he comes back from the dead, and he stays <laughs> for like forty days. He stays. He could have just been like, "All right, guys, I did it. I'm out." You know, go tell people. He stays, and then he leaves physically, yeah, like in in a body, and he's like, and he tells him to do certain things. He says nothing about go to heaven. He doesn't say that. He says, "Go make disciples." Yeah. And right. again, granted, I think there's implications mm-hmm. of a Absolutely. kingdom to come. And I, you notice, even if you talk to me long enough, I don't even like necessarily using the word heaven, so right. to say, because I think was more of an appropriate translation to what we often mm-hmm. refer to as heaven is talking about the kingdom of God in mm-hmm. which Jesus has already brought and also yet Not to bring at the brought. same time. Yeah. But let's, let's even think about this for a second. Salvation, right? Mm. Now, it has sometimes some different sort of tensions and connotations depending on what text you're reading in, uh, whether the Old Testament or Mm -hmm. the New Testament. In the Old Testament, I would kind of say there is bigger implications with one's physical deliverance from an opposing enemy, Mm -hmm. from a situation, from a famine, from something that is that is attacking them and that's when you even read like the psalms you even begin to see like that is what's being emphasized like the quite literally now i need to be saved from this bad guy (laughs) yep like i need salvation in that sense Mm -hmm. and then we move to the new testament which most of us now have a pretty good understanding of it seems like okay now it's like a a spiritual component Mm -hmm. and and that's kind of it but the truth is, is that there's the truth is somewhere intertwined between the middle of those where yes. Jesus is coming ultimately not to offer salvation for the sense of like, OK, like I'm going to uh, save you from this sort of like uh, mystical word yeah, sin, like not physical. Thing. Like it's not a yeah. real thing. It's like something just you do to God. Mm-hmm. And then like, hey, you're all good. God's not mad at you no more. And then you get to go to heaven. Actually, what we see and I think the perfect example is you look at the people of Israel in the Old Testament and what was their purpose and design ultimately to be. Mm-hmm was ultimately what was supposed to be Adam's original call and vocation, which was to bring Mm -hmm. uh, rule, yes, Mm -hmm. and bring glory ultimately back to God, right? And we see the people of God continue to stumble through that and not being able to successfully do that. And so here comes Jesus on the scene who shows us what it means to be fully human, what it Mm -hmm. means to fully be the true Israel. Mm -hmm. And now what he's calling his people, us, and to do is to truly now live a life that represents that mm-hmm. so that way when the kingdom or quote-unquote heaven comes we now are like living according to the quote-unquote law according to the standards mm. of that ruling government i think the biggest key to everything you said is like it's all like physical mm. like it is something that like we are to live a physical actual real life mm-hmm. so Yes, Jesus saves us in like this abstract way. Yes. But he also saves us like, hey, you have the power to not sin in your body. (laughs) 
Like you can actually stop like drinking too much alcohol. That will lead or, to like, food, possibly alcohol yeah, poisoning yeah. and all these other or things. Or all kind of physical terrible things. I'm saving. I'm yeah. still also saving you physically, like like Yahweh did in the Old Testament. Mm-hmm. It's, it's not hasn't changed. It's just. It's not less than, it's actually more. It's that plus. Well, you know what it is, is because I think we have a bad sort of underst- or a bad theology of, the of sin mm-hmm. and of the body. And we really just think sin again is just this thing when I, and I cuss against Jeff, eh, yeah. it's just God was mad at, because I said <laughs> the F word or something like that. Yeah. When really, like, every, I mean, I love, we can go way back to Genesis where I was about we to sin, say Cain and Abel. like our sin affects like our relationships, yes, with God, mm-hmm. our relationship with God but also affects our relationship with one another. Yeah. And I would even go as far as now some of you more conservatives might now revolt after I say this, even our relationship with the very land in which we Hell live yeah. on. Like, and that seems very like um, sort of tribal Liberal sort of spiritual language. Yeah. But what we see is God created the different resources for human beings mm-hmm. to use and to, to cultivate and to Genesis be able to too. enjoy and to like all these things. So like, like all of our actions really do have an effect, like a real, like a actual real life effect. Like we always talk about, like why is, you know, the water so bad in these parts of the country, which I'm not going to bring up that's, where. That's real though. But it's usually points back because we have mismanaged mm-hmm. God's resources that He's given us. Come on. And now again, it sounds like I'm starting to go into like sort of liberal mm-hmm. talking points. I'll give you a conservative talking points here pretty soon. <laughs> Don't worry about that. Make both sides happy or mad. Um, but it's funny because the my first thought was like, Cain, be careful. Sin is crouching at your door. At your door, and ready its desire to de- is, is to devour you. you, right? It's for you, and it does that in a sense where he physically kills his brother. Mm-hmm. Like somebody is harmed to the ultimate degree because of sin. Mm. So it's not like, oh, Cain, you're like a you cussed or like you're a bad person. You have yeah. this like. Or even like, like you offer the wrong in sacrifice of yeah. kind of thing. It's like, yo, sin has a very real, like practical consequence on each other, on the environment, like you said. Like, and so Jesus came not just to address. We're not saying he didn't come to address the thing. He that, absolutely yeah. did. We're just saying it's that and. Like he it's 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 Jesus came to do a lot. We don't want to minimize what he did. Like, right. So he, yes, he did come to get rid of sin, capital S, our condition that we were born in, you know, the state of sin, all of that. Yes. Restore the relationship between us and God, make it possible to have a relationship with him. But he also came and like, Hey, you are blind. Mm -hmm. That's an, you're oppressed by sin, the original sin, which caused all this disease and decay and death. Right. I'm going to heal your blindness. I'm going to, you're hungry. I'm going to feed you. Mm -hmm. You don't have clothes. I'm going to clothe you. Like, that is just as much salvation. Yeah. And you might be like, well, all I gotta do is close people and I'm saved. And that's not what I'm saying. It's not nope. works righteousness. <laughs> but like there's just there's real things to salvation on top of the spiritual yeah. life that we get. Yeah, and I would even go as far as again that it's almost like sense of uh the way I I have because we just had baptisms a few weeks mm-hmm. ago. And it was like the way I would describe baptism, it's like there's this inner thing happening within you a transformation that is beginning and a sense when we take part in baptism without showing my hand too far on this mm-hmm. podcast um what's happening now is there's this outward expression mm-hmm. of this faith that is very much so ingrained within mm-hmm. us and so a part of what would be the goal of christian life or christian spirituality or christian maturity excuse mm-hmm. me 
would be again that this inward faith this what it seems just this minute decision mm-hmm. that we made whether it be mm. inside of a church, in our closet on the worst day, yeah. in the bar after a hard night, mm-hmm. whatever it is, that now becomes a whole life transformation that not only affects, yes, just what's happening on the inside and how you feel within cognitively. And you going to heaven. And going to heaven, <laughs> right. but it's actually something that begins to affect your relationships. It begins to affect your home. It begins to affect your community and so forth. I love that you said it's like this one decision. Because that's really all it is. Mm-hmm. And Jesus has made it possible for it to just be a decision, right? Mm-hmm. So we make, I don't know, countless decisions every day. I mean, every second we're making decisions. Yeah. There's this one decision that seems very small and it's very short to follow Jesus. And then you do that. And then that is like the beginning. It's the starting point. It should be towards an ultimate life of maturity so like you you know brought up the the goal of the christian life is to become like jesus Hmm. right it's not just to have him save me and then i'm like yay god is happy with me and the ending of my of of eternity goes well yeah it's like okay now that he saved me he wants me to become somebody Mm-hmm. That he's created me to be. Mm-hmm. That was my his goal the whole time, was for me to become someone. So now I have a path to walk, to try to become this person that will ultimately be with him in heaven. Because and I, I'm going to talk about this in in the sermon I got coming up. Like, man, I shouldn't be following Jesus to get heaven from him or to get paradise or to get blessings or to like ultimately i want to spend eternity with god mm-hmm. like the thing that's gonna like i'm you know in john 14 which i'm gonna be preaching on jesus says like don't you know let, let your heart be troubled i go to prepare a place for you so that you can be with me not just he goes to play oh cool i'm gonna have a place so to you live. have an extension of, of yeah. absence from him yeah no it's not just that i'm gonna have a place to live he's gonna be there that's the highlight. That's the the pinnacle. That's the greatest thing. Jesus, I get to be with you where you're going to be at, to where I am you can be also. That's the point. Yeah. That is the goal of the Christian life is to be like him and then ultimately be with him. Mm-hmm. That's the thing we should be looking forward to the most. That's good. And that should drive us towards pursuing maturity in all areas. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Um you have anything else you want to say? Mic drop. I don't know, man. That came if out of the If these mics could come off, I would drop it. <laughs> <laughs> they are way too expensive for that. Um, but yeah, man. So I'm excited to preach that, actually, at flip side. But anyway, um, anything else you want to say on that first, the first no, question? No, man. I think, I think that's good. I think now as we're going to the next sort of mm-hmm. the area is, okay, so Jeff, I, I, I want to be a mature person. Christian, but I don't know how it starts. I don't know what the next right step is. Like, Mm. I I don't know what to do. Like, what should I do? Jeff, help me out. First of all, I got to point out that you have that language down. The next right spiritual step. Like, that is just. Be quiet. I didn't say the right (laughs) spiritual step because I was thinking about it. I know, because I knew you were going to call me up. Next right. You want to take that next right right step, not the next right step. What happens when you become like a pastor or someone who speaks often? You have a lot of these phrases because it helps like really communicate what you're trying to say really shortly and quick. And so I'm just a jerk and I haven't matured in this area. You're right. I just like to point out. You're right christian like christianese i just love to 
like why do we say that why? now i think that's a good thing to say i'm not making fun of that one but i just think it's funny that you said that you just say it so naturally now because you've been saying it so much so anyway <laughs> <laughs> move to on to the question discipleship right so well, what is this yes what is discipleship so the ultimate command that we got as christians jesus says in matthew 28 19 go to all the nations and make disciples he doesn't say make church members he doesn't say make you know denominations <laughs> make conferences that are really great make celebrity pastors not shot at anybody but it sounds like shots to me. What he says is go make disciples. Now, we we say this word a lot, we've heard it a lot, but I don't think we actually think about what it means and what we think it means, right? So I've been thinking about this a lot. And John Mark Homer is is, is good and very helpful in this and think about this. So he says a better translation for the word disciple is apprentice. We have an apprenticeship to Jesus. We are his apprentices. What does that mean? So in the ancient world, if I wanted to go into a certain career, certain profession, whether it be being a blacksmith or a coppersmith or a potter or a shoemaker or a tent maker or some kind of like skill mm -hmm. that I can have a job and make money, provide for myself, I didn't go to the local university and get a degree in tent making and sit in classes for hours and, and write papers on tent making and <laughs> hear lectures about tent. Like that wasn't a thing. If I wanted to learn something, I had to find somebody who had spent their life becoming a master of this thing and then say, hey, I want you to be my master. I'm going to be your apprentice. What that means is I'm going to try to become you. I'm going to follow you around. I'm going to do what you do. I you see. feel you see where I'm going wow, with this that connection that versus Eric mm -hmm. I'm gonna yeah. ruin it for everyone right so I gotta do the things that you do along the way I'm in a relationship I get to know you I, I you say hey watch me do this watch how I do this now you do it right and again it's not hey you're gonna sit and listen to me teach you for a few years and then you'll do it no 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 it's on the job training right Come, you want to learn how to be a blacksmith? Come to my blacksmith shop. Okay. You see how, take this hammer. You get one. You see how I'm hammering this mm. piece of metal? Okay. You do it. I'm not, wait, oh, okay. Like I got to, I'm learning while I'm doing. Mm -hmm. Right. And again, the whole goal is to one day become like my master. I got to do all the things that he did. Mm. I'm, tr I'm following him. I'm, I'm spending time with him. I'm abiding <laughs> with him. Okay. And that's what we're supposed to do with Jesus. We are supposed to try to do the thing, become him. To do that, we had to do what he did. What did he do? He fasted. He prayed. He renewed his Bible. He Sabbathed. He, he did teach, right? He did preach. He served people, spent time serving the less fortunate. He had meals. He did fellowship. He was a professional at fellowship and eating meals with people. Because they realize the power in most cultures, the one of the most powerful things among humans is sharing a meal mm -hmm. together. You can't. We take that way too lightly in our in our day. It was a huge getting invited to a meal was like the ultimate sign of respect in that day. 
If you said no, you're, I mean, that's like, man, horrible. Anyway, Jesus did these things. He spent time alone in solitude, thinking about his, spending time with his father. Like, so I have to do what he did and, and be with him as much as possible, build the relationship with him. But also it's on the job training. Think about how he was with his disciples. Again, he didn't spend the first two years of his three and a half year ministry teaching classes to them on how to do things. And then let's go do it. He literally said, hey, come follow me. Hey, uh, feed them. Hey, uh, serve them. Hey, why don't you come? Just watch how I do it. Blah, 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 blah. Cast a demon out. You try it. Like it was just as we're going. Now, what are the implications of this for us trying to be disciples today? So, yeah, I think that's the natural question I can imagine Mm -hmm. most people having. Well, that's great, Jeff. Mm -hmm. But Jesus, last time I checked, isn't on my doorstep and saying, follow me. Come on, guys, let's go kind of thing. You know what I mean? So how does someone today Mm -hmm. who lives, you know, in the 21st century, like Mm -hmm. how do how do we do this? So luckily for us, God left us a book (laughs) that contains a lot of what Jesus said and did and taught and his disciples, his first disciples wrote the new Testament for us to tell us, Hey, this is what it means to apprentice under Jesus. You're going to apprentice under us because we apprentice under him. Mm -hmm. And it just gets passed down and passed down and passed down and passed down and passed down. Right. So number one, I got to find people to be under, right? They are not my master. Jesus is my master and, but Jesus is their master. And then they are going to, I'm learning from them. Right. Yeah. So I got, I got to submit myself under some kind of like leadership. I'm not going to say authority because people don't like hearing authority, but leadership. Right. Um, no, let's not get it twisted. Right. That's a I, part I know, bro, but yeah, I know. I'm um, but, and then I gotta, I gotta read. What did Jesus say and do? I have it written. We are blessed to have that. I have, Jesus's words and actions written down for me. I got to really study that. Um, I got to do the things that he did. Like I just listed. And then I got to spend time. I mean, I think something that we are both good at and bad at as Westerners is we're great with knowledge. We, we believe that, okay, the best way to become a Christian, be a good Christian, is to learn as much as possible. Don't do anything until you've learned the right amount of stuff. Mm. And then we'll have you do it. I'm not saying that's wrong, per se, because even... Because it can help avoid... Yeah, even mishaps. Paul tells Timothy, like, look, don't let anybody who's brand new like start leading They stuff. need to sit down and learn. They need things. to learn some stuff. So that is real. I mean, Jesus says in Matthew 28, 19, teach them, Right. Um, Acts two says they, they, they devoted themselves to the apostles teaching mm-hmm. that was, that's his, teaching is really important, right? But there's also a component of doing on the job training as well. Hey, while you're learning, let's teach you how to pray as soon as possible. Yeah. Right. So that's part of spending time with Jesus. You can apprentice is praying to him through the spirit. Right. Um, Hey, while you're learning this stuff, let's go serve the poor let's go serve the homeless Mm -hmm. you don't need a whole lot of teaching for that you know what i'm saying like there's a lot of things that we can do on the job while we are at the same time learning i I read this in a book for one of my classes recently and it's really stuck with me knowledge enhances experience Hmm. we usually go the other way around 
It's like you got to have ex- you have all this knowledge and then you have these few experiences of God. You're like, oh, that's cool. It should be the other way around. I should be experiencing God and then gaining knowledge that goes, oh, that's what I experienced. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's cool. The knowledge enhances what I'm experiencing regularly in my life with God. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that makes sense. but Yeah, no, it does. So let me also ask the question to you then. So where does that uh, tie in with maybe uh, those who I know who are like, hey, yeah, they've been walking with Jesus for a while. Uh, pastors, mm-hmm. people who like, you know, devote themselves to ministry mm-hmm. purposes. Like, do do they have any way in which they can help me out with that? I would say, yeah, I think if you've been, especially if you've been in ministry a super long time, which I haven't, by the way, I'm speaking like a complete idiot. People who, like Uncle Rob, like, man, you've been preaching for like 10 minutes. Like, yeah. So actually, since you said that, <laughs> you let's put this saying? out there, by yeah, the way. Yeah. So when we talk about Christian maturity, we're not talking from a place of yeah, arrival. We I think actually, regardless of like, it's not a destination anyway. Exactly. Yeah. And I think um, we're all on our different sort of walks mm-hmm. and whatnot. And so there's things we can say, oh yeah, I, I've been there, mm-hmm. but there's still also places where I can say, I haven't been there yeah. either. I mean, I know I can look behind me and know I'm farther ahead than other people, but I know all those people are much farther ahead mm-hmm. than me. Right. So I want to acknowledge that. But, I would say for someone who's been who's further along the journey in their apprenticeship, number one, constantly evaluate and reevaluate. How am I doing apprentice wise? Because you read something um, when we were off air. Which I, I want you to get back to it from Pete Cazero's book. Yep. We can get in the habit of doing things for God instead of being with God. We can get really good at doing ministry. Yeah. Oh, I've been preaching. I've been walking. I've been leading Bible study for heck along, but you haven't been abiding regularly. Your prayer rhythm, your prayer life is kind of weak, honestly. Right. So make sure like do that self inventory. How am I doing as an apprentice? Cause I'm not the master. Jesus is the master. I got to remind Cause if I haven't seen your pastor for 30, 40 years, you can forget that. You can forget that you're not the shepherd. You're the under shepherd. You got to chill, bro. You're yeah. the neck. You ain't the head. Yeah. Um, but then at the same time, always reevaluating, how am I doing helping people apprentice to Jesus? Am I just making church members? Am I just, you know, going through the motions of what's successful in the church in the West? Mm-hmm. It's very easy to do that. There's we sound like some millennials. We use the word West like 17 I times know, already, I and know. they're like, nope, I'm turning this off. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but we have to acknowledge that I think in 2025, 70% of the world's Christians will be in the global south, hmm. which is South America, Central America, and Africa and Asia. The majority are yeah. going to be Pentecostals. 70%. That means that our experience of Christianity is the minority. We are not the normal. So we have to differentiate from the West because we are not the majority of what Christians are experiencing other places. We have to acknowledge we're so ethnocentric, culture centric, we're cultural snobs, chronological snobs at the same time. So that's why I differentiate with the West a lot because we are not the pinnacle, the end all be all of Christianity. Facts. Yeah. Anyway. um, Sorry, I threw you off on that. I forgot what I was saying. but, But yeah, like, how am I doing? making disciples and again making apprentices helping people like follow and become like jesus right and i gotta stress this i was thinking about this from our last episode we i gave a lot of like 
practical things to do, right? Pray like this. There are Mm -hmm. different types of prayer. You can Sabbath. All of the spiritual disciplines, spiritual practices, all the things that Jesus did are not the goal. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Like the goal is not to pray more. The goal is not to Sabbath. The goal is life with God. Mm -hmm. These things are tools. They are a means to an end. They are not the end, right? So be careful thinking I do all these things. Therefore, I'm a great Christian. God loves me. Um, I'm mature. No. Just because you fast twice a week doesn't make you more loving. The goal is to be loving. The goal is to make you a little more skinnier. Yeah. I mean, you're going to be more healthy for sure. And you might be able to hear God better. That's great. But if it's not making you more of a loving person, loving God, loving neighbor, then it's not doing its job anyway. It is just a tool. Fasting is a tool. Prayer is a tool. Um, Sabbath is a tool. All these things are, are ways of doing what Jesus did to try to make myself become more like him. He's yeah. empowered me to do it, by the way, through the spirit. I can't do it on my own. But ultimately, I just want to get closer to him and and do life with him. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So that, that takes the pressure off. It's not like, Jeff, how often do I got to pray? How often do I got to fast? Wrong question. Like, am I Sabbath thing right? Am I doing it the right way? Like, no, nah, don't worry about that. It's not the point. Your heart is, I'm trying to do these things because I want to get to you, Jesus. That's why I'm doing it. Yeah. And then it, you're good. It'll take care of itself. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Mm. So let me, let me, let's back. Uh, I'll take a piece from what you kind of even said, talking about self inventory, right? Cause I think mm-hmm. that's really important for not just simply a leader um, or someone who's like, you know, Oh, you're the, you're the ideal Christian, but for all mm. of us, right. Um, it should be, are we constantly taking self inventory? And so when I, when I say self inventory, what I'm really talking about is, are we examining, you know, our habits of everyday life, the choices we're making, the choices we're deciding not to make, deciding to go left instead of right, right instead of left and so forth. You know, how, again, how are my relationships with Mm. other people doing? How is my relationship with God been? If it's been a little static, like why has it been static and Mm. so forth? Cause I think anything and that's why a lot of people will even sometimes push back and it's like, well, that's not authentic if I have to measure it and like mm. really like check it all the time. And, and I agree to a certain extent, but I would also say that anything that isn't like intentionally like reexamined or measured or really like put a lot of effort and time into like saying, okay, is this actually on the right track? I would probably say probably isn't really the healthiest. I mean, uh, who is it? It's either C.S. Lewis or it's um, homeboy. Uh, Eugene Peterson mm-hmm. had said it like about the field aspect, like a field left to itself will not produce fruit mm-hmm. at all. You do got to like, do some work. You have to do mm-hmm. work, right? And so Christian maturity, like it does require absolutely some work. And some of that I truly believe is is, is taking self inventories or examining yeah. oneself. Yeah, so that's good, man, because... There is a type of prayer. I'm not sure if I talked about it in the last episode. It's called the examine, the prayer of the examine. It's been around since like the third, fourth century. And so an, a more modern version of it is this. It's something it's something good to do at night before you go to bed. So you you start praying and you ask God, OK, number one, God, what how did I like feel your presence today? Like what happened today that I thought it was you like maybe I had a conversation with somebody maybe it was in my drive and I listened to a song or whatever something some, like what positive thing that happened to me today that I felt like oh that's God mm. that's God's love that's God you know reaching out to me it's an experience of God and then 
what areas of pain was there today? Um, pain that I caused someone else, pain that someone caused to me, um, something just that wasn't pleasant. Maybe I was anxious. Maybe I got angry. Like just you, you are examining your day and you're asking God to reveal it to you. God, show me areas just from today that I missed the mark mm-hmm. or that I, I didn't. It, it wasn't it didn't feel good. It was bad. Like I didn't, I didn't feel you. You know what I'm saying? Um, and then you pray for the next day. God, let me tomorrow see you more, have less, you know, areas of, of not remembering, not acknowledging you. Yeah. So this this prayer of an examine, it, it's it's trying to get us to regularly be self-aware. Mm-hmm. Self-awareness is one of the greatest signs of maturity of any kind ever. I mean, I think we can all know someone who is not self-aware. I've been, there's areas of my life where I'm not self-aware. Because we all have our blind spots. Yeah, we all blind do. Spots, absolutely. But you all know that person where it's like, man, they don't never know. They can't read a room. They don't never realize, like, man, you, you're missing it. Like, you didn't think about how that's going to, look at yourself. Like, look in the mirror. James talks about, um, like, a double-minded man is like a guy who, like, looks in the mirror, forgets. turns around and forgets what he saw. Like, that's about examining myself. I've got to examine. Like that's part of being a Christian, is looking. God, how? What's going on? Like you said, how me and God, how God? How are we doing? I feel static. I feel like I'm far away from you. I feel like I don't. You're not there. Um, I had a conversation this week, a really good conversation with somebody that we both. Know, I'm not going to say their name. Um, but uh, they were talking. They're in ministry. That's as far as I'll go. They preach, and. Uh, they were saying like, man, they're struggling, like trying to come up with a sermon. Like they just feel like it's been really hard lately to preach, to get up and preach, to like write sermons. Um, and so I asked them like, so what in your life right now are you struggling with? And they're like, oh, well, I got this. I got this. I got this. I got that. And he had all these things that was just going on. Like, I feel like, you know, I'm not doing well in this area. I feel like I'm letting these people down. And I'm like, OK, so. How is Jesus the solution for that? And they were like, oh, well, I know this. I know I'm loved. I know he. And so then I'm like, there you have plenty of material, right? Mm-hmm. Like because you're able to acknowledge, hey, you're you said it yourself. You're you and God are not where you would like to be. And it's like, oh, yeah. Like, OK, so like that is part of self inventory taking self inventory i think that is a really big sign of maturity yeah i would say even in that too like part of and i've i've learned this both i would say the hard way and through even through again gleaning this through other people who mm-hmm. i would say have discipled me or have apprenticed me um so far and continue to do it's like also we have to sometimes dis uh, so, disassociate what we feel mm. from the reality of where we actually stand with God as mm. either his daughter or his son. That's good. And what's what I mean is oftentimes we'll just be like, again, kind of like that example. And I, I think it's an appropriate thing to say, like, hey, I am not feeling, mm-hmm. you know, cause I think our feelings when they are discerned and used mm-hmm. with wisdom and the Holy spirit helps us with them. Cause our feelings can take us sideways mm-hmm. too. But when our, uh, when our feelings kind of like begin to like, tell us, Hey, something's not necessarily right. Mm-hmm. We should find yes. out, examine these things. Say, okay, why what, why way? are we feeling this mm-hmm. way? What is actually going on? But 
we shouldn't run automatically to then I guess just my relationship with God is, is just sucks. And mm-hmm. you know, I'm on the edge and it might be over and you know what? I might as well just quit and give up. Cause they're most, I would say, and most of the people you would read, especially throughout church history, mm-hmm. they had some, what they would call, uh, the dark night of the soul. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. And they had these moments of intense. God is not God, near. You are not there. You are not present. Mm-hmm. I don't even know if you're real, mm-hmm. the intense doubts. And nevertheless, what they ended up coming to the conclusion of that he is in the midst of mm-hmm. all of those different things. Yeah, he's actually doing that on purpose, making you feel like he's not there to help you like learn and grow and push you and stretch you. Um, and I, I yeah. mean, I think mm-hmm. I would wouldn't completely disagree that right. but I would also even mm-hmm. say like I think it's just the reality of our lived yeah. experience. Like this, the life is full of ups and a lot yeah. of downs. Yep. And most of us think that the, it's easy to believe the Christian life and, and that Jesus loved us and he mm-hmm. died on the cross for our sins, that he has all things working together for the good who love God and are called according to his purpose kind of thing, like when we're going up. But when we're going down, it's usually, ah, I don't know about this one. Ah, mm-hmm. because my feelings are not associating or they're not uh, uh, telling me mm-hmm. or not speaking to me that these things are actually authentic and real mm-hmm. when the truth is, is like God is present even in those as well. Yeah. Feelings and truth are not always aligned. I would um, even honestly start to argue they're usually not They're usually all. not. It's rarely like, rarely oh man, aligned. my feelings are matching up with what I know is true. Um, Which is why even in our culture that I think has become yeah. one of the predominant problems. Is That's why we have a lack of truth because we've elevated feelings. Feelings are a terrible driver, but a great passenger. They're good to have in the car with you, but if you put them behind the wheel, man, it's going to be a problem. And I think our culture has put them behind the wheel and, and gotten out the car. <laughs> yeah. and Just and sit in the back seat and let them go. High speed yeah. pursuits mm-hmm. going on. I yeah, mean, yeah, everything, yeah. right? But let me even just throw something out there too. One helpful thing that I was, and I was reading this going back to the book that mm-hmm. I was talking about early, earlier, uh, Emotionally Healthy Spirituality. One of his like even subtext to the actual thing is it's impossible to be spiritually mature while remaining emotionally immature as well. So part of ex- uh, doing like sort of self-examine mm-hmm. or doing kind of self-inventory is again now where are we emotionally because oftentimes that dictates a whole lot of actually what's going on and so one of the things that he has even describes in the book is like some of the symptoms of emotionally unhealthy spirituality right and so i just want to read these real fast to you and tell me if you you know like Mm -hmm. we love to talk about even off of uh, the time like do you find yourself in these different areas and so let me read Mm -hmm. some of these this goes using god to run from god Mm. So that means definitely when I probably should be spending time doing something else I'll or be somewhere a podcast, else. I'll read a book about God, watch a sermon about yeah, God when, real, bro. when I'm really actually not really trying to, I'm just trying to over, you know, loud, loud in mm-hmm. the voices over actually the one I need to listen right. to. The next one is ignoring anger, sadness, and fear. I think I was going to say, you might be listening to this, especially as a man. If you're listening to this right now, we are not taught what to do with our feelings mm-hmm. how to acknowledge even to acknowledge the number one to feel your feelings mm-hmm. like how to process them like what to do we are taught to just shove them down and never feel them and uh, andy Mino has the line if you bury emotions they always come back alive and stronger mm-hmm. like you can't bury them that you bury them alive if you do that they're seeds they yeah. have to sprout they will come back with a vengeance so you have to deal with them we got to learn to be comfortable with our emotions and feeling them and talking about them. Even me and John are two men right now, but I talk about our emotions like that 
is not normal. Not really. It should be. And in, 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 in a weird way, mm-hmm. it is becoming like yeah. uh, for younger generations. That's, and now yeah. that's kind of put. They're going to, it's a pendulum. I think they're swinging yeah. too far. Yeah. It's trying to find that balance. We got to find a balance. Yeah. But yeah. no, that's, that's a good yeah. little note but, to put in there. But as far as like, you know, anger, like feeling stuff and not acknowledging it. Yeah. I mean, I, I definitely, definitely do that. But I'm also like gotten to a habit of directly like, yo, like why, what am I feeling? Why am I feeling like that? What's causing this? Mm-hmm. If I have enough time, I'll eventually get to the cause of like why I'm feeling. It could be something like, oh, the other day my wife said something to me that hurt my feelings. And all of a sudden, like days later, I'm like mad about them. I'm not mad about this. Why am I, oh, it's because of that. And I go and I'll address it. Or what we often know. see within ministry, any kind of like public mm, format where I'm not receiving enough, enough affirmation mm-hmm. from God and even like myself loving myself. Yeah. Um, definitely ain't getting it from the people. And and then you try to go seek it through right. the different talents and gifts that God has given you. And even when you begin to do it, if that's eventually stripped away, you just end up falling mm. apart and it's the wrong avenue of what you're actually yeah. trying to see. And out. my love language is words of affirmation, which is really not a good Let thing. Let me to preach have. that again then. To have that as a preacher, pastor is a terrible love language to have, I think. It's it's awful. Yeah. Cause I'm like, love me. Tell me I did good, guys. Like, yeah. please. Um, so yeah, that's yeah. real, bro. The next one is dying to the wrong things. So to give some context mm. of what he means, because I, I read what he actually like was originally talking about, but I think you can take it a lot mm-hmm. of different ways is, uh, <laughs> Jesus indeed, if we're going to be a follower of him an apprentice to him, a disciple of his, he calls up to take our, up of our cross, deny ourselves and follow him. Mm-hmm. Oftentimes what we see within people who first come to the Christian faith, the denial aspect is usually like to an extreme. Mm-hmm. Getting rid of all my getting secular rid of my, music. Yeah, why is that always the thing? The like I did one. it and it's I knew so that was. It's so measurable. It's something that we all it's like, do. Yes, Chris, yeah. Chris Brown, you're mm-hmm. gone. <laughs> yes. Oh yeah, I like uh, R&B. There you oh, go, guys. Good, okay. Bro. For me, it was all the cussing, rapping and yeah. stuff. But uh, yeah. <laughs> but we usually end yeah. up like dying to the wrong things. Mm. Um and really, so oftentimes what we'll throw out there is pieces actually who God has uniquely designed us to be because mm. we automatically assume, oh, we all need to now, since we believe in Jesus, we all need to be pastors and work in a church. Mm. And it's like, no, what does no. God actually You're like, really artistically good at coding put you in there? Yes. Computers, you should do that. <laughs> yes. But yeah. we'll be like, ah, you know, that doesn't and feel Christian enough. That and is we'll working kill it. for God. Yeah. Man, and so good. that is his emphasis in there. Mm. And I would even go as far as don't die on the wrong heel of what you think actually is right. And that's one of those coming up here in just a mm. second. And I mean, like, my politics get in the way of ultimately what it means to truly be the church. That's what David Platt's book is about. The next one says, mm. denying the impact of the past on the present. So I usually don't have a problem with that because I have a degree in history. I mean, my, I'm a historian by, by career, by profession, by just nerdiness. Like I'm always, and, and one of my, uh, one of those personality tests taking strength finders. Um, one of my top five strengths is, uh, I think it's called context where like, I definitely have the ability to connect events and see how they affect the future and mm-hmm. the present. Like I, my brain just naturally works that way. I'm always able to zoom out and see how things are moving, how we got here. So I don't struggle with that. I struggle with people who don't do that okay. and I can't relate. I'm like, but you don't see how this is. <laughs> so now let's take it on an individual level. Okay. Now you're great at that. Yeah. Now what about your own 
family sort of history yeah, with I how mean, that's affected you, whether good or no, bad. That's real. I mean, I think it kind of connects back to like some emotional stuff, like being able to process like, why am I like this? Oh, if I look back at my own family history and even like my immediate family, I can say, oh, because my parents or my, my grandparents or whatever are like, and that's where this came from. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not always good about that because, and this is a little bit of uh, vulnerability here. Look my family you. is not, we don't usually talk about stuff like that, like difficult stuff. Like we're just, just not part of our family culture. Um, like we've had tragedies happen and mm-hmm. we, like our our response is to like get through it as quickly as possible. I feel like we don't mourn very long. Um, I'm not. I don't think it's a good thing. I think I've. I mean, I'm now 34. I'm able to have like pretty serious, mature conversations with my parents now that we've never had. Mm-hmm. Like we've never talked about some of these things, and so um, I think I'm just now being able to work through some things. I, I definitely need everybody need therapy. Well. But, yeah, I mean, I'm I'm sure we. <laughs> no, I'm saying well, the people who I've come to mind who oh, told yeah. me they don't need therapy. So <laughs> I don't think about that too. Okay, anyway, uh, yeah. not to be told who that is. That's okay? hilarious. You find yeah. out for yourself. Yeah, but yeah, no, I, I think whether we recognize it or not, and again, this is often now what we even saw like it, millennials used to like our family of origin absolutely has mm-hmm. impacts on our present day today, hundred percent. How right. we raised, whether it was the best parent in the world. Mm-hmm they can end up implementing things. So I'll give you an example. So let's say you were raised in a household where service like and, and humility mm-hmm. was like a huge character that they tried to put in you. So like right. on Saturdays, you would go and you would serve the homeless, right? Mm-hmm. Something sounds super great. Yeah. When you become older, what sometimes happens as a result is you become so other-centered that you, you don't actually take don't take care of yourself good, at all. Bro. You know what I mean? And actually, I, I, this is one of the what I've, people I've met in person who yeah. shared this with me. That's why it came to mind. That's but good. We have to be careful not to either overemphasize because mm. we often will do that too, our family of origin and blame everything on and making excuses when God's like, no, you need to mm. heal Take and some move responsibility, on. man. Because that's yeah. oftentimes what we'll use excuse. Well, my, if my mom wasn't like this and my mm. dad wasn't like this and my auntie wasn't like this, if this person didn't do this. And, and I agree, they have mm-hmm. huge impact. But mm-hmm. guess what? You have also the choice to make a different yes. decision going forward. Yeah, though. God, number one, acknowledge all those things. He He hurts for you. He 100%. feels your pain. He's there for you, and He's also empowering you to like heal from it and move on. Yeah. So that's good. Next one: dividing life into secular and mm-hmm. sacred compartments. Yeah. Uh, definitely, I think that is a young Christian, immature Christian thing. We just talked about that. I definitely did that. I mean, even in my 20s, I had like church Jeff and then like non-church Jeff, even in college. Like I had I had a group of friends that I would hang out with that were not Christian and I would have like my college uh, uh, ministry friends and I was friends with both of them equally. And I remember I would literally be at like our, our you know, ministry and in, in our meeting, having a great time, get a text. Hey, we're going to do this. I'm like, all right, I got to change who I am. Yeah leave my friends we pray out all right man love y'all man god is good and then <laughs> drive over here to homie's house and forget god exists almost like i have to be two different disintegrated people so yeah i mean that's definitely i've done i i've i mean i'm too old to be doing that now so i really don't 
Um, I mean, you guys know me too. I, I'm not. Yeah. Jeff is boring, guys. Oh yeah, that's true. No, that's <laughs> facts. But I was thinking more like, I I should be a little bit more like tactful and professional. I'm tr- I try to be the same guy no matter who I'm with, and Going it's not always it's not always a good thing. Like, hey Jeff, we're meeting with the senior pastor of you know this church. It's a big deal, and I'm like, man. Yeah, Jeff. You Why y'all to, do that? You need to act a little. You need yeah. to sharpen up just a yeah, little. Yeah, that's what bit. I'm saying. So, like, that is something I definitely got to find a balance on. Here, you'll like this next one: living without limits. What do you mean? What does that mean? Think about it: living without limits. I'm gonna work seven days a week. Oh, I'm gonna work seventy good. hours okay. because the American dream says the more I yeah. work, the more money I make, the yeah. more things I possess, the more stuff. It all good. Or even, hey, you have access to my life in every single area. Mm, There's nothing that's no actually boundaries. off limits. Yeah. You know, like you can come into my house, interrupt when my wife and my kid mm-hmm. is sleeping. There's literally a book I still have not read called Boundaries, and it's it's about ministers like putting boundaries in life. Um, no, that's yeah. I mean. Even before I had my son, my wife and I struggled with that. When I started going into men, even like working at serving at Youth for Christ, mm-hmm. it was like, here you go, hours and hours and hours serving other people's kids and serving the Lord and stuff. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, you ain't hanging out with me. Yeah. And it was just like, okay, trying to find that balance. Yeah, it's hard. But yeah, that's real. Um, yeah, I think I'll never not be working on that. Facts. I mean, this. It's a struggle. Yeah, yeah, for sure. That's good. Last one I'll give, and then that'll be it. Judging others, people, uh, judging other people's spiritual journey. Yeah, I definitely do that. Um, you know what I heard? Yeah. I was listening to one of our common podcasts, or it was like a sermon or something. And one of the things that he, it was John Mark Comer, yeah, mm-hmm. and he was talking about. You know, I can find out when I walk into a room and I'm listening to like whether like where someone is like spiritually mature or not. Is if they start talking about all the bad things other people, yeah. other pastors, other mm-hmm. preachers said, and all to I want to focus thing. on is all that the things that they're doing wrong. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, yeah, man. I mean, this is something that just popped into my head. Making Christian content, which is what we are literally doing right now. I didn't think about that. Right, making Christian content. There is a natural flow that if you're not careful it is very easy to slip into making your content about other people mega church pastors celebrity pastors this and that Mm -hmm. being the heresy police falling from grace you know like i mean just talks about strippers yeah heretic hunters like just constantly who he's a false teacher he's like like that is the easiest content to make and and it is it flows out of our sinful nature of wanting to we judge people, um, but at the same time, there is a difference mm-hmm. between judgment and fruit inspection, mm-hmm. which is what Tim Ross called it. He, he did an episode with uh, Jackie Hill Perry. I think it's Fire. well. His episodes are literally like it's two five hours. hours. Yeah, it's super long. It's a work day. Hey, come listen yeah. to a work day's worth of Bruh. podcast. Fire. Okay, let me tell you, fire. But they talk about that like. There is fruit inspection. We are called to and allowed to. People will be known by the fruit. A good tree is known by its fruit. Like, yeah. But seeing your bad fruit or good fruit, what am I? what's my response to that? I think that's the problem that we get. Mm-hmm. Okay, you have bad fruit. Am I going to just talk bad about you? Or am I going to like, hey, man, 
let me help let me love on you like that's the that's where you get in the judgmental is when you call you see the bad fruit and all you do is talk about it make podcasts about it make content about it and be in green rooms talking about other people that's the problem mm. you know what i'm saying so yeah um i definitely try to like trying to find the answer to everything is balance bro balance and tension mm-hmm. We are supposed to hold things in tension mm-hmm. and, and try to balance, be fine balance in everything. That's, yeah. yeah. Mm. Um, dang, we're almost at, a, we are at an hour. We hit an hour. And we didn't even get to the Ephesians verse. Did you want to try to touch that? What do you think? Um, what do you guys think? <laughs> you guys aren't saying anything? No, nothing? Okay. You take your silence as a yes. Okay. Uh, we yeah, well, let's jump it into quick. it real quick. So, um, if you have your Bibles, uh, we are in Ephesians. You have 4. your web browser. <laughs> We're in Ephesians four, uh, and we'll just do eleven to thirteen. Um, by the way, verse eleven is probably one of my top five favorite verses in the Bible because I find my identity here. Um, so it says, "And he himself, which is Jesus, gave some to be apostles." some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers, right? This is in the CSB translation. To equip the saints for the work of ministry, comma, to build up the body of Christ, comma, until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of God's son, growing into maturity with a stature measured by Christ's fullness. Now, lot in here we won't go to all of it you've got the people call it the five-fold ministry which is a misnomer um the funny thing is it's actually four because pastors and teachers is actually one category we usually separate but they're actually one category i find my identity as a teacher i've been gifted to be a teacher uh in the church john is an evangelist pastor you know he's a couple of those things and um what is the point of God, Jesus, giving these five things to the church? Their job is not to do ministry. Their job is to equip everybody to do ministry. Mm-hmm. So it's everyone's job in the church to do full-time ministry. Okay. Um, and like, what is the point? What is ministry? It tells you, it gives the answer. What is the ultimate end goal of ministry? To build up the body of Christ until we all reach unity. A huge sign of like being spiritually mature, Christian maturity is maintaining unity with people, even when it's hard, especially when it's hard. Mm -hmm. Right. If you got a bunch of disunity and and division in your church, none of nobody in there is mature because that's a sign of maturity is being united, not uniform, but united. Yep. Um, And then you pointed this out when you brought this verse growing into maturity. So part of me and John's job as ministers of the word is to help our church, our congregation, unite and become mature. Mm-hmm. So it's, it goes hand in it hand. It goes hand in hand. Two sides of the same coin. Yep. And so I, I think, again, what is important? What goes hand in hand with becoming mature? It's becoming united, mm-hmm. interconnected mm-hmm. with the family of God around you. Mm-hmm. Going back to originally that first conversation mm-hmm. we were talking about, this seems a lot more than just a heaven thing. Mm-hmm. And now you're individually got your 
Willy Wonka mm. ticket to, God, to the chocolate good, factory kind that's of thing. Good, bro. What we see is actually there is real world, real life implications being commanded, being exhorted to mm. us here where it's saying part of becoming or the jobs, like you had said, of these different people mm-hmm. is to help the body of Christ who is underneath one head. That's right. Right. One head like you're talking about. We're all under shepherds, shepherds. Yeah. To become fully united and in, a, in, a, in likewise become mature in their faith. That's it. Right. And so, I mean, throughout, you can even just read the continued read all throughout Ephesians. And like, and I was mm-hmm. even mentioning to Jeff off of the podcast was like, you see chapters one through three, he's presenting the gospel, he's mm-hmm. setting it up, he's giving details, giving these nuances, mm-hmm. he's helping you making sure that you actually understand it. He's and removing then, uh, barriers between groups. Okay. Yep. And I'm mm-hmm. going to come right there in a second. Mm-hmm. And so then you see chapters four through six. Now he's saying, okay, what is the Christian's response mm. to actually this? And so for us, again, when we talk about unity, I don't think we fully understand what Paul is talking about mm. here. We usually think unity and we're like, okay, I need to just like say hi to a black person. If I'm white <laughs> or if I'm a white person, say hi to like an Asian. Like, yeah. And that's kind of it where it stays. Like I, I got unity. Sure. Like uh-huh. I posted my black square. A I couple still years ago. go to church with that girl, even though I can't stand her. Wait, what? That's, oh, that's okay. an example. I right? thought you were. Sad. No, 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 no. <laughs> But that's an example, right? Like, uh, yeah, 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 like yeah, you, yeah. you people will sit in church for years and can't stand each other and yeah. won't say nothing. They think, well, at least we're still in church together. Yeah. I'll say hi to that person. Yeah. In this text, Paul is making clear, and actually that's the majority of his life's work was doing, mm-hmm. was ultimately unifying the Gentile, which is basically anyone outside of the Jewish mm-hmm. family or community, and the, and the Jews, and these are mm-hmm. both people now who either have believed in the risen Jesus or coming to this realization of actually who he is. And he's saying these walls, and he quite literally uses the word mm-hmm. hostility. The of hostility. This hostility. Last time I checked, hostility isn't something that's cute and something that's mm-hmm. like a dandelion. You want to like, kill them like, other people. Like you're upset, mm-hmm. you're infuriated, you don't probably don't even think they belong a part of the same family of God as you. Mm-hmm. But yet at the same time, what Paul encourages is part of becoming mature is that we recognize that these walls of hostility between each other mm-hmm. need to no longer actually reside and rule in our life yeah. because of the finished work of the cross. This might be a little controversial, but I don't think it is. Do you think whenever there is like beef or like an issue in church that we have a very strong obligation to resolve it? Like if there are two people in our church that are like, they just don't get along. They don't like each other. Like, are we just supposed to be like, well, don't sit next to each other, sit on opposite sides of the church. You know what I'm saying? Or do we have like a, like, it's not just like, it's a good idea. Are we like commanded? Hey, we got to get you guys in a room, sit down. Y'all going to work this out. What is the issue? Verse three, I'm reading the NIV. Mm-hmm. Make every effort mm-hmm. to keep the unity of the spirit through the bond of peace. Yeah. That keyword effort. Mm-hmm. That's as good. long as it is possible for you, mm-hmm. he even talks about like the peace aspect in other yeah. places throughout the New Testament, Paul does. So I would respond is yes. Mm-hmm. It even says like we've been given the ministry of reconciliation, which again, is this exact topic mm-hmm. of bringing people who had this wall of hostility between each other together, mm-hmm. right? We're reconciling people both to one another, but more importantly to God, which yeah. allows that togetherness to actually happen. And so I would say yes, mm-hmm. as long as we... 
are going to be able to absolutely yeah but let me now possible but now let me just throw in the reality check because that's usually the world i live in more Uh most of the times it doesn't actually happen because one person can't let go of their pride Mm -hmm. because they truly believe they're right or someone really did something that was seriously wrong and the person is not willing to repent who actually did the wronging in the first Mm. place right so i would say Mm. Yes, if you have an issue between someone, it even he even goes as far and it says if you have something, you know, uh, against your brother and you're praying, you're offering a sacrifice. Mm-hmm. Stop. Stop. <laughs> Go deal with that. Go deal with the relationship mm-hmm. and then come back and actually do that. He even says some of you husbands, your mm-hmm. prayers can be hindered because of the wrongs you're doing to Ooh. your spouse. Dang. Right? That's so right. we have to make sure again that as long as it, we have the ability to and again, this requires now, I would say, someone who has more experience and wisdom mm-hmm. and discernment, which is the community he's given us, yeah. Um, yeah. to walk with through us, do what you can, but also recognize the reality, the brokenness we live in. At yeah, the same time. and I think at the very end of, of here, of verse 13, it says, measured by Christ's fullness. So like the standard is Jesus. <laughs> That's like, pretty high. Like now that's 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 encouraging and challenging at the same time. Number one, I'll never get there. I'm never gonna be him. I'm not him. But at the same time, I don't I'm not the standard, right? So if someone wrongs me and I'm like, man, they wrong, they're terrible, I don't have to Nope, Jesus is the standard and he forgave everything he forgave like he was done wrong more than i have he forgave verse 32 be kind and compassionate to one another forgiving each other just as christ god i have to because i'm not the measure christ's fullness his completeness he is the measure so all of us are trying to get to that level of completeness and wholeness right not the world's measure or standard like like oh that's no, they wronged you. You're entitled to feel that way. I mean, we I mean, we could have a whole podcast about mm-hmm. what is justice. Actually, we're yeah. going to. Yeah, I we just will. Said it. Okay, well, John said you hit her here first, guys. Okay, so um, I think that was good. Yeah. Um, we don't want to end up on a, as a Tim Ross two-hour, 30-minute nope. podcast. So nope. we, we already will, broke an hour. Yeah, we will end it here, man. Um, please let us know what you think, guys. Um, I hope this was good. I hope it, it was encouraging and, and uplifting and challenging and correcting in the right way. And um, thank you for listening. Thank you for supporting. And we will see you uh, in June. And hopefully we'll be able to do these a little bit more often by then. Yep. John, thanks again. Thank you, and, Mr. Copeland. Uh, we will see you all later, man. Peace. Peace.